And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 361. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin, and that's probably always going to be true. And we're a proud member of the Podcast Network, which may or may not always be true, but at least it's true right now. I wish everybody a very, very happy holiday season. I know that there's a lot of holidays that surround the winter solstice, and I don't want to demean anybody or build anybody up by mentioning any in particular. So a very happy holiday season to everybody. Hope you have a great holiday, spending time with family and friends, because that's really the meaning of the holidays. And you know, don't get too drunk. Be safe. Enjoy yourself. That's really all I have to say about that. There was nothing important going on in the geeky world over this last week. Has there been? I don't think, like, any new movies or anything? No, I don't think so. I, I, I just, uh, yeah, I've been ignoring all of that. I know that there's a new Star Wars movie out. I'm not going to see it for a few weeks. I'll be avoiding any kind of, of spoilerage. But if I see spoilers, like I said, I don't usually care that much about that. But uh, Pete and I will be seeing the new Star Wars movie probably right after the new year sometime. We're going to wait for the, the crowds to die down a little bit before we we venture out and and see it. We know that that one's going to be in theaters for a while, so we're not too worried about missing out. I do want to take a brief amount of time to acknowledge a piece of correspondence from none other than Mr. Gene Hendrick, one of our esteemed listeners. And uh, Gene had made a correction for me in the Facebook group because, you know, I don't check these things, but I just just cover the mythology as they come. And sometimes I, you know, I'm lazy and I don't do the research that I should. But uh, the gratuitous dwarf death in the Death of Balder story is actually in the original lore. And I blamed Neil Gaiman for it, and I should not have done that. I should have blamed Snorri Sturluson for it, because he's the one who actually put it in there. And I would have known that had I gone back and checked the original version that I recorded many, many moons ago. But, you know, Gene is right, I am wrong, and mea culpa. And do you think that's going to get me to pay any more attention to what I'm doing? Probably not. But thanks very much, Gene. We really do appreciate the feedback. And, you know, I know you hate to disagree with me, but you should disagree with me because I, you know, a lot of time don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're continuing on as I speak with our coverage of Thor issues uh, dated 1973. And uh, we have a couple of issues left to go before we move on to something else. And uh, we're going to uh, get to that right after the music, which is going to play right now. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You behold in breathless wonder the god of thunder, mighty Thor. And this time we are covering the mighty Thor number 210. 
Cover date is April of 1973. Cover price is 20 cents. Cover art is by Gil Kane. And that smooth inking line cannot be anyone other than Joe Sinnott. It, it's a very obviously a Joe Sinnott ink job. And I will say that, that you know, he is my favorite inker of all time, and he does a great job on this cover. It's a great cover. Uh, Thor is fighting Ulick the troll, and Ulick is holding this big boulder over his head. Thor is smashing that boulder with his hammer into tiny bits. There is a, a group of other trolls that are standing behind Ulick, all in the same exact color scheme as he is, and they're gesticulating uh, dramatically. One of them has a pool cue in its hand, and Thor is saying, Never shall such as thee prevail against the god of thunder. And Ulick is saying, Strike, godling, it will avail thee not, for I be Ulick, king of the trolls. And the cover blurb says, Hellfire and the Hammer. And we open up to the splash page where we have the credits. Jerry Conway was the scripter. John Buscema did the layouts. Don Perlin is the finishing artist. Vinnie Collada is the inker. John Costanza is the letterer. Glennis Ween is the colorist. And Roy Thomas is the editor. Splash page has the title of the story, The Hammer and the Hellfire. And on the splash page, we have two evil trolls, and they're looking in their own kind of cosmic voyeuroscope, and it's a kind of brazier with smoke rising up from it, and they're looking at an image of Thor bashing Mjolnir on the ground. And it's Ulick and King Giroder, and Ulick is saying, Look, Giroder, see how well your cursed forges have wrought. Because of your wizardry, the son of Odin is invincible even on Earth. Then on Earth will it be that the god of thunder dies. And we flip on to the next page. Easy words, troll king, says Ulick. They but conceal the fact. T'was your furnaces which did form Thor's Uruhammer, your furnaces which gave the thunder god his mightiest weapon. Watch, even as we speak, he makes mockery of our plotting. For how can we hope to triumph against both Asgard and Earth? when Thor still wields his mystic Mjolnir. And we, during this, we see images of Thor, and he's, he's fighting what look like, um, well, stereotypical Asian communist soldiers. Uh, we, it's been a while since we've seen Thor fight communists in this series, probably 10 years. Anyway, and I mean that, like, uh, almost literally. Uh, we haven't been around for 10 years quite yet. We still have a couple years to go. But anyway, Thor's whipping a ha his hammer through a bunch of, obviously, communist uh, Chinese soldiers. Basically, that's, that's what we're looking at. The trolls are commenting on what's going on here. And uh, Ulick says, Luck eroder. So well have you fashioned the Asgardian's mallet that it almost seems alive, returning after every foray, returning always to its master's grasp. How can we defeat such a warrior with such a weapon? And uh, they, they go away from the cosmic voyeur scope and are wandering off into some sort of cavern. It looks very basic cavern with stalactites, stalagmites, that kind of thing. You strut like one with a plan, Ulick, says Garoder. Speak or hold your silence. Twice have I fought the Thunder God, says Ulick, and twice has he beat me to a standstill. And each time, it was because of that hell-spawned hammer. As long as the son of Odin carries the weapon you forged for him, Garoder, he will remain an eternal threat. We have but one choice. We must destroy the hammer of Thor. And they're wandering into this sort of cavern smelting thing where we have a bunch of trolls and they are um, uh, you know, creating weapons and that kind of thing. I know the hammer was created by dwarves. So this is either an error 
or the the distinction between dwarves and and trolls is getting very very blended here in the Marvel universe. But anyway, some troll type people and they're feeding what looks like a giant gold log into a big fire and the the forge is is shaped like a monster's head and the the you know the big opening is the a monster's mouth. Yeah, there's another forge that looks very much the same. Uh but I know that that Mjolnir was not created by trolls, so that Marvel has gotten something wrong here. And uh during the course of all of this, one of the uh the slaves or whatever they are, the workmen, he he thunks Ulick in the shoulder with a piece of rock and but you know, by accident and he's saying only when this is done can we even begin to thunk. Eh? Miscreant dog, are you as blind as you are ignorant? No one strikes Ulick! And he throws the guy to the ground and then picks him up and throws him into the fire. And the troll goes, aye, and he's gone. Understand this, troll king. I mean to crush the Asgardian named Thor with or without your aid. Never forget, you may have the hellfire, but Ulick has the power. And we shift back to Earth where Thor is fighting these communist soldiers. And uh, it says, yet on the planet Earth, still another hand shows both will and strength, the hand of the mighty Thor. We don't have any kind of motivation for Thor to be fighting communist soldiers, but anyway, they are bright yellow. That's about as racist as you can get. Anyway, the Yankee madman continues his senseless aggressions into our homeland. Bring forth the bazooka and we'll see how strong this intruder really is. And they bring a bazooka out, and they're firing it, and there's giant want as they fire it, and there's other soldiers are firing these machine guns that don't look like any real weapon, but they're machine guns, and yeah, anyway. Um, and the soldiers going, excellent, comrade, excellent. Not even that imperialistic dog can survive such a strike. They've knocked down a bunch of rocks on top of Thor with the, the bazooka, and one of the soldiers is like, ah, the smoke clears. Look, comrades, see how the weapons of noble Korea have buried the American spy. Oh, so they're in, in North Korea, obviously. Okay, anyway. <laughs> it is good that we have discovered him wandering our beloved hills. Else, and then there's a rumbling noise from beneath the rubble. And uh, the guy says, in the name of Lao Tse, the ground... The, it moves. The American spy lives. He lives. And Thor just rises up like nothing is going on, throwing all the rocks off of him. And all these supposed Korean soldiers take off running. And they say, such a creature is not human. Better to face death than a monster such as this. Run, comrades, run. Run for your lives. And they run away. And Thor doesn't chase after them. He just decides to... You know, sit there and he's just talking to himself. Never will I understand this race of mankind. Always they seek conflict where conflict doth not exist. Always they seek strife when the land around them makes sweet mockery of battle's anguish. I thought only a place to think, and they thought I sought war. But what point is there in seeking pain when pain doth seek us so very well? And we get a flashback montage around Thor's face here and we see Carnilla and that blue guy he fought a couple issues ago and Loki, Balder, Hildegard and Sif and it says as he speaks his mind swims backward and he remembers the reason for his quest. He remembers his beloved Sif pledged to aid the Norn queen Carnilla 
and so seemingly lost forever to the heart of an anguished Thor. With the memories comes a consuming weariness, for the quest has been long and so far futile. And so for the moment the god of thunder sleeps, while below the earth stirs, and under a pearl-gray moon is split by a groping hand. And what uh, is happening here is Thor is kind of nodding off and in a sitting position, and the trolls are burrowing up from underneath the ground, and they are crouching on Thor to attack him. It says, no sound do these night crawlers make. They rise from the darkness on silent feet and approach the sleeping son of Odin with scarcely a breath audibly drawn. Grasping hands, reach out, touch, and in the following instant, a golden glow springs up around the moonlit forms. And when the glow is gone, gone also is the sun-haired god of thunder. So they have kidnapped Thor uh, somehow without waking him up. And uh, they're carrying through their uh, magical golden sort of cavern sort of thing. And we get a full page here of what's going on. It's, uh, trolls are going, quickly, brothers, quickly. He has guardian stirs. In another moment, he'll wake. Who among you would face Ulick's wrath if the blonde hair escaped? Quiet, Tremedur. Your mutterings will undo us all. If any wakes the Odin son, twill be you and your blasted granite voice. And then uh, somebody shouts really loud, silence, all of you. We approach the Bridge of Winds. Now, I don't know. You know I, maybe I could be kidnapped by door, with, kidnapped by trolls without waking up. But somehow I think that if they were carrying me like this, you know, face down. And yeah, I, I think I would wake up. And that does not seem to be happening here. Anyway, so they're going to the Bridge of Winds. And it says the exhortation to silence is already too late, however. For even as the trolls' complaints subside... The thunder god awakes, and he does, and we see him waking up, and then there's a kapow and a bunch of trolls flying through the air, and Thor says, What means this stealthy intrusion? Explain thyself, troll, or face the angry hammer of Thor. Your threats are empty, thunder god. Here you fight in our land. And fight I shall, says Thor, till one of thee doth speak and give clear meaning to this madness. You shall fight and die, Asgardian, says one of the trolls, and he attacks him. And Thor just takes his hammer, just swings it in an arc, throws it from all side. I say thee nay, the son of Odin shall never fall at thy hand. Never! And a voice comes from off, uh, off camera. Be not so sure, noble thunder god. Your pride may well betray you. And we get a full page here of Ulrich just punching Thor right in the junk. I mean, it's a kata boom and hits him right in the nads. And Thor is flying back and we only see his legs in his hand, basically. And yeah, it's a it's a very dynamic sort of, uh, of page. Um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> ouch. And uh, Thor goes flying backwards through a bunch of rocks with a whoosh and a snack as all the rocks and stuff break and are, are collapsing all around. And uh, it, of course, is Ulick who punched him. And, and Ulick says, Of all those who walk beneath the earth, Ulick is the strongest. And yet, twice have I suffered humiliation at the hands of an Asgardian. Twice have I felt the flush of frustrated rage, knowing that mine was the greater strength, yet yours the greater weapon. Thy words mean not to me, monster, says Thor, is he getting up off the ground. When I have won, I have won by skill and strength alone. Who dares claim otherwise? I dare, blonde hair. I, Ulick the Invincible, 
Uwak the uncontrolled, and he's throwing a bunch of rocks at Thor and burying him under a big pile of rocks. Um, doesn't seem to, uh, well, they say, he lies unmoving. What do we act now, Lulik? Is it time? Quiet, you bothering fool. Even as you mutter, the thunder god stirs. He seeks to rise, too. And there's a giant spatang as Ulik is hit by Mjolnir right in the face. And it throws him back. Of course, Mjolnir returns to Thor's hand. And Thor says, It'll take more than thy treachery to defeat me, Ulik. Only if thou dost fight with honor, may thee ever succeed. And in the process, Thor's helmet has fallen off. And Ulik says, Honor? You dare speak to Ulik of honor? You, who has scorned the very concept by bringing weapon to play against an unarmed foe? Speak not to me of honor, Thunder God. Your actions prove the lie. And we see Ulik's feet are these weird, misshapen, stumpy toad things. I mean, he's like got three malformed toes, and I'd never noticed that before about Ulik. I, I suppose if I went back to prior issues, maybe that is how they look, but I, I, these kind of look like, like they're made of bread or something. They're, they're kind of, yeah, they're not great. Anyway, um, so uh, Thor is uh, looking very angry. He starts getting up, and he says, Eternity within a heartbeat. So it seems as the blonde-haired son of Odin glares in growing rage, his eyes bright with anger, his body trembling with suppressed fury. Since childhood, he's lived by a code of honor. Not else has ever mattered, not even his sacred life. And he tucks the hammer into his belt, and he says, Very well, troll, thou shalt have thy way. And I do promise thee, thou shalt live to regret it. Yea, regret it indeed. And he uh, goes and he's fighting Ulik with his bare hands. The two of them close on each other, and the sound effect is a giant wacko because that's the kind of real sound effect you might hear in a fight. Maybe somebody's shouting wacko, I guess. Maybe, maybe Thor is, anyway. And they're, they're going at it hand to hand, and Ulik says, Impudent pup, of all the mighty trolls, Ulik is the strongest. Ulik the most powerful. Do you think you can... Nay, not think, monster. Verily, I know. And he picks up Ulik and just throws him. And we see them going back and forth, and we shift scenes... And we have a King Garoder, and he is sitting on his throne, and he's surrounded, of course, by his troll lackeys. The smoke reveals, Majesty. All goes well in the chamber of the winds. Aye, sire. The exiled as guardian is still unaware of the purpose behind this battle. Suture willing, never may he learn till it is far, far too late. I, I, I have a theory as to what I think is going on here, but I don't know because I have not read ahead. And the, all these uh, trolls are kind of talking to Garoda and kibitzing here. Says, Your Majesty, King Garoda, I would like none of this. This creature, this Ulik, is not to be trusted. Think, sire. Is he not ambitious? Is he not? Be silent, Muthos, says King Garoda. Do you think me a fool or merely blind? And uh, then we have a uh, female troll comes in. We know she's female because she's got boobies. And she says, No troll can call you a fool, beloved. The wisdom of Giroda, the greatest holy legend. By the fires, tis the queen. And it says here, No earthly measure would mark her beautiful, yet by standards other than our own. She is a comely bride, a bride whose eyes glint in a strange and silent smile. Well, Lady Ula, 
Whom do you th- favor in this mock battle? Why, our champion Ulick, of course. My king, she is indeed the wisest of brides. A wise bride who seeks to placate her husband, says the, the sort of vizier type person. Your majesty, she wants only peace among us. And while this is a laudable desire, perhaps she does us a disservice by not fully speaking her mind. My lord, I assure you. No need, my lady. The old fool has overstepped his bounds. Leave me, Muthos, and be glad I don't have your head for your treason. And we have a, a shift in scene back to the chamber of the winds. And in that pit far below the earth's fair surface, it's not on earth, is it? The death struggle continues. A struggle not unobserved. And so Thor and Ulrich are, are fighting, of course, but there are others who are standing around watching, and apparently they're about to do something. Who knows? Anyway, uh, so it says, No cry escapes these noble lips, no moan to betray the grating pain. Such would not befit the son of Odin, even a son exiled for the unpardonable sin of anger against his father's house. An anger now focused elsewhere as the god of thunder strikes and Thor boxes Ulick's ears with his fists and Ulick is going, Arrgh, my skull, it rings like a struck gong. Asgardian, what have you done to me? What have you done? But Thor does not answer. The pain is too great to speak and so he says not. And uh, so we have the trolls and they're carrying in this giant piece of metal uh, looks kind of like the shape of, of the United States a little bit. And they're carrying it uh, into this cave where uh, Ulick and Thor are fighting. And uh, the one troll is saying, No! Bring forth the Uru plate! Hurry, you stumbling miscreants! And, uh, okay, so this is a giant piece of, of Uru. Know you the weight of this cursed metal? Be thankful we lift it at all. You dance with death, slave, says the troll. Or are you so ignorant you know not the nature of that cursed metal? Tis the same metal as that which forms Jan Godling's hammer, and which, because of Odin's spell, is too heavy for any to lift save Thor. We'll talk about that at the end. Not so this metal you hold, this magnetized metal. With it we shall win the day. Aye, and all time, and we see them carrying this metal in, and there's some sort of array coming out from the cave and striking this uh, big sheet of metal. Doesn't look like it's shaped like the United States at this point. It looks like a, like a giant dog bone. Anyway, and uh, Thor has noticed what's going on here because this beam is coming out from the Uru plate, and it is attracting Thor's hammer to it. And uh, you know, Thor has the hammer tucked into his belt, like we mentioned earlier. And Thor notices this, and he says, By the Fenris wolf, what mysticism doth attack me? Some unknown force doth draw upon my hammer, Mjolnir, dragging like a thing alive. And he grabs at the hammer and says here, Yet as Thor takes firm hold of his belted hammer, the troll called Ulick prepares a distracting blow, which he delivers. And there's a giant whonk as Thor is knocked down, and uh, he goes, No, you mindless clods! No! And the uh, hammer rips out of Thor's belt. It says, With the slightest sound of tearing leather, the hammer pulls free, and the deed is done. And the hammer has been magnetized to this giant 
magnet made of uru and the uh, trolls are all happy about this and they're like suture be praised the magics did not fail thor's hammer is ours quickly we must proceed as planned we have less than 60 seconds and they load the uh, this giant uru thing onto a cart and is being pulled by about uh, looks like a dozen trolls and they load all this uh, uru uh, onto a a wooden cart with stone wheels, all of the Flintstones, and it is being hauled away by, it looks like about a dozen, no, it's, it's at least 20. Yeah, about 20 trolls either pulling or pushing the cart. It says here, before five of those seconds has passed, the scurrying trolls have begun the crossing of the Bridge of Winds. Ah, the Bridge of Winds that leads into the Cave of Winds. That makes sense. And uh, it doesn't look like it's very windy there, despite that. Anyway. Like some massive centipede, 300 armored smiths grasp reinforced leathers and grasping, pull, and more quickly than one might have imagined, the hammer moves. So they're, they've got it on a cart and they're pulling it away. Yet simultaneous with the troll's trek, uh, we have the fight. We go back to uh, Ulrich and Thor again. Come, Thunder God, are you a woman to be felled with one blow? That's sexist. A child to whimper when struck? And ye to strike from behind, says Thor. What of ye? And he goes, because uh, Ulick has punched him in the face with a thack and knocks him down. And Ulick says, I, I am a warrior born as guardian. Your kind and mine have forever warred, will forever war. And in war such as this, all weapons are fair. And he picks up a, a stalagmite and breaks it off. And he hits Thor with it with a crunch. Yeah, so now uh, Ulick has a weapon and Thor doesn't. But I pose of honor. T'was merely that, a pose. Aye, a moment's posture, no more. Thou must think thyself above the fate of men and gods. And so need be rudely wakened. Heimdall's eyes, my hammer, Gone. Thor hasn't realized that the hammer is missing. I would think that tugging so hard to break his belt, he would have noticed it. But anyway, um, I guess he was busy being beat up at the time, but still. Anyway, uh, so the hammer's gone. So Ulick is going to bash him with a stalagmite, and there's a couple trolls off in one of the side caverns, and they're like, they're whispering to Ulick, Now, Ulick, whilst his attention is elsewhere, in another 30 seconds, it will be a hollow victory. And a voice calls out, Thunder God, look behind you! And uh, there's a snack, and uh, the the, uh, the stalagmite that was thrown at Thor just smashes against the wall into a lot of pieces. And Thor says, more treachery, but that warning voice, who? And it turns out to be the queen of the trolls, interestingly enough. And uh, one of the soldiers is like, my lady, do you realize what you've done? You saved the Asgardian. Are you mad? Then, t'was thy cry, says Thor. And he, he sees the queen standing there. I, Hoden's son, but pray ask not why, for in truth I do not know. Do not know, says Giroder. I think that's Giroder. Perhaps the thought of one so fair, so unfairly done. Whatever the reason, my lady, thou dost have the gratitude of Thor. Gratitude thine, eternal. And uh, Ulick is encroaching upon Thor, and he's mad. He's eternity, fool! You have less than a heartbeat, and but another moment, I shall revert to human form, that which must ever occur when Thor and Hammer part. Now I see thy plan, troll. 
Thou hast stolen that which doth allow me to maintain this godling form upon planet Earth. Already most of a minute has passed. Most monster, but not all. And the fight continues, and Thor hits Ulick with a bakum and smashes him back. Because he's running out of time, he's not going to stick around. So Thor runs. Says he runs with a fervor no mortal man could muster. He runs to maintain his very identity. An identity which on the verge of slipping away. For already 50 seconds have passed. And he is running into another cavern. And he catches up to the uh, the people who are calling this giant Uru magnet with, with Mjolnir attached to it. And Thor says, hold, the god of thunder commands it. I say the hold, and the uh, the trolls are going. Ignore him. The infernal fire beckons, and once within, none may save the hammer of Thor. And they're tipping the Uru over this giant fire, this giant cauldron. It says, for the briefest of instants, the hammer trembles against the sheet of magnetized Uru metal, and then it falls. And they dump the whole thing into the fire, and the trolls are going. Done! Done! The Thunder God is doomed! Nothing can save him now! And Thor goes, Nay! A thousand times nay! Not in such a manner will Thor meet destruction, for ere shall he be his fate's master! To the end! Yea, the very end! And Thor goes diving into the fire after the Uru Chunk, and at that point, Ulit comes bursting into the cavern, and he's being followed by other trolls, and he says, by the seven winds, a victory more fitting than any I dreamed. He'd plunge to his death just for that mystic hammer. Then tis over, tis done. Now none stands between us and the earth. Asgard too will be ours. Ours! And Ulick is making a little speech here. No longer need we cower beneath the earth. No longer need we scurry from every shadow, every twisted shape. Now the moment of triumph is at hand. The moment of ultimate revenge. Strike, brother, strike, while the will is strong. Strike! Vengeance is ours! And that is the mighty Thor number 210. And we will be talking about this issue right after this message. How Star Wars is it? Hi, I'm Josiah. And I'm Mike. And we're the hosts of how Star Wars Is It? It's a podcast where we rate and review things like movies. But not of how good or bad they are. Yeah, no, how Star Wars they are. And what does that mean, you might ask? It's a little something like this. If Star Wars was Everybody Loves Raymond, this is King of Queens. If Chris Farley was still around. Yeah, Kevin James wouldn't exist. I have a game. It is called Sebulba or Bulbasaur. <laughs> Yeah, when he was a Palpatine. Do we have like an animated show that we could pitch? The Emperor and, and his it takes Palpatine. Place at Count Dooku is around his age, plus yeah, or minus like, a decade. Maybe like Count Dooku. That's really funny. <laughs> if that sounded good, or Star Wars, then check us out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts at How Star Wars Is It? And like we always say, may, may the, the fourth, fourth be with you. you. And we are back with just a few comments about the issue, as we always have. First of all, I want to say this is kind of a step up. I think that, that Conway kind of came through with an idea here that it is at least somewhat interesting, even if it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. This idea of stealing Mjolnir, and since they can't lift the hammer, sticking it to a giant piece of magnetic Uru. 
it's kind of a dumb idea when you think about it too hard, but it's a way around the whole worthiness enchantment, which apparently Jerry Conway was not even aware of. And, you know, this is just one of a couple of things that uh, in the story that got majorly wrong. The first, of course, being that the reason why only Thor can lift Mjolnir is not because it's so heavy, but because you have to be worthy to wield it. So obviously that was a major point of order that, that didn't get caught here. The other one, of course, being that the trolls didn't create Mjolnir. It was the dwarves. And you know, Geroder being the king of the trolls, yeah, great. But they didn't create Mjolnir. And to think that they did is just wrong. And of course, obviously Jerry Conway didn't get the, the memo. They do about as much research here as I do, it seems. I mean, that's the kind of mistake I might make. But uh, at least I know the difference between a troll and a dwarf. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so so those parts of the story doesn't make sense. However, I do like the kind of the clever idea that somebody had, you know, let's, let's draw it away with a magnet and throw it in the fire. Does fire destroy Uru? I doubt it. But it could be magical fire, so you never know. So, you know, Thor might dive in after it like he did. Uh, so that kind of makes sense. Artwork, well, I think it's actually a little bit better than what we've had in the last couple of issues. And I'm going to place that firmly at the feet of Don Perlin, who, of course, is working from John Buscema layouts. You can see the Buscema layouts in a lot of the cases. Um, a lot of the structure is very Buscema-ish. Um, but Perlin... Whatever he has done, he, he's not really so much of an embellisher as I would have liked. I would have liked him to take the pencils and smooth them out, make them more detailed. And probably he did that. These are probably very basic layouts to begin with. But then you kind of have to throw on top the inks of Coletta. And Coletta, once again, didn't do the artwork any favors. Once again, there's no detail. There are no backgrounds. There's very, very little in the way of backgrounds unless the, the story specifically calls for it. So lots of very generic rocks. All of this issue, for the most part, takes place in caverns. So we get some rocks and stalactites and stalagmites and that kind of thing. But by and large, the... Uh, yeah, the, the the artwork is not wonderful. Um, the Flintstones cart that they throw the magnetized Uru onto is just kind of comical because it really does look like something out of the Flintstones, especially the wheels. Yeah, it, it's, it's not wonderful. But at the same time, it's a mid-70s Marvel comic. What do you want? And uh, yeah, so, so basically, I like the story better than most of the ones you've had recently. The art is slightly better than what it was. There are no major art bobbles in here. I'm just, again, kind of disappointed in the lack of detail, um, the lack of backgrounds, that kind of thing. I can see Perlin probably most in the figures of Thor. I think that uh, he's taken these very sketchy art and, and has at least tried. He's, he's de definitely tried to make them into uh, a more interesting thing to look at. But it doesn't always work. Ulick always has this very kind of distinctive Busema look about it. And that's fine because that's, uh, you know, Busema working, Busema style. Oh, my gosh, you know. Uh, but, um, but Perlin is a very different type of artist than Busema. So the combination is, it's adequate. I think that's what I'd say. 
All right. So with that, I don't have much else to say. So once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. Really do appreciate it. If you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us over on the Facebook. Just go to Radio Free Asgard there and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard. And we'll see you next year on Radio Free Asgard. Happy holidays, everybody. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.